You are listening to the Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 188. This is the Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At the Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing, and you should too. Well, hello everyone. My name is Scott Wellens, and I'm your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. Now, this is a show dedicated to helping real people, that is you, my friend, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, a fiduciary, an educator, and a wealth advisor, and it is great to be with you today. Today's episode is, where is the stock market heading now? But before we get to the topic of the day, I got socked in the teeth this weekend. Why do you ask? Well, if you've been listening to this show for a while, and if you have been, thank you so much, longtime listeners. And if you're new, welcome to the podcast. But if you are a longtime listener, you know that I live in the greater Milwaukee area. I grew up in Green Bay, Wisconsin. I'm a big football fan. Notably, a Green Bay Packer football fan. And the Green Bay Packers had the number one seed in the NFC. We had everything going for us, home field advantage throughout in the playoffs. And we were going to play our divisional round game against the San Francisco 49ers last Saturday night. It was going to be cold, snowy. We had all of our guys who were hurt getting healthy, coming back and playing. All signs pointed to a Packer victory, which would be awesome. And I was one that predicted the Packers were going to win, but I wasn't the only one. My friends, my family, the analysts on the radio and the TV, almost all of them picked the Packers to win. And they were favored heavily by about five and a half or six and a half points per the Vegas odds. And why did we make those predictions? Well, we had a lot of information available. We had a better record. We beat them earlier in the playoffs. We were at home. It was going to be cold. We had a a bunch of guys that were hurt coming back. All of the information added up to a Packer victory. However, I got knocked in the teeth because the Packers lost. Well, how could they have lost when all the information available pointed to a Packer victory. Well, because we didn't have any future knowledge. And that future knowledge is once the kickoff started and the game happened, we didn't have any knowledge about what was going to happen during the game. And what happened? Well, the Packers played awful. Well, to be fair, they played really good defense, but awful offense and awful special teams. See, that's the thing with predictions. Everybody has a prediction now about everything. Football games, the weather, the stock market, who's going to get elected for whatever office. Every single person has a prediction now. But whenever anyone's making a prediction, all they have is the information that's available 
today. Let's get to the topic of the day. All right, here we go. Where is the stock market headed now? And if you haven't listened to last week's episode, I do encourage you. It's episode 187 titled, Why It Pays to Be Optimistic About the Market. You can get to any of the podcasts by going to bestandwealth.com or wherever you listen to podcasts, except for Spotify, because apparently some kind of link broke at Spotify and I need to give them a call. But everywhere else, you should be able to listen to the Best in Wealth podcast. And I say go listen to the episode because Boy, that episode came out two weeks ago, and I'm not seeing a lot of optimism in the stock market right now, even though I highly encourage you to listen to the episode and highly encourage you to stay optimistic about the market. You'll know why once you listen to episode 187, but fast forward two weeks, so much is going on. The stock market, especially the S&P 500, the NASDAQ, it has been dropping. And the Fed minutes came out and the Fed chairman came out and spoke and all kinds of things were happening. The stock market was whipping way up and then way down. And of course, what's happening? Everybody seems to be making a prediction. So I'm recording this episode on Friday, January 28th. But two days ago, on January 26th, Fed minutes were coming out and the Fed chairman was due to talk in the afternoon last Wednesday. So when I wake up Wednesday morning, well, what do I wake up and read? I read a Market Watch article about predictions, of course, because if we're making predictions, especially some outlandish predictions or something going way up or way down, well, we're going to probably click on that article. And guess what? That's exactly what I did. And the article started about, and I'll list a link to the article in episode 188 in the show notes you can find at bestandwealth.com. But the market started talking about how the Fed was going to make an announcement. And the markets have been reeling ever since the Fed spoke last. In fact, since the last time the Fed talked in December, up until last Wednesday morning, the S&P 500 was down 9%. So the big question was, before the Fed chairman, Jerome Powell, prepares to step in front of the microphone, is it time to buy the dip or not? Or is it time to sell? everything. Because it wasn't just the S&P 500 that was down 9% as of last Wednesday since the last time the Fed talked. The NASDAQ was down almost 15% and Bitcoin, if you're interested, was down over 20%. And the article was so funny to me because there were two big, huge, giant banks that actually made opposite predictions as of Wednesday morning. So here are the predictions. Arguing, yes, it's time to buy the dip, was Goldman Sachs, led by Peter Oppenheimer. I mean, think about that for a second. One of the biggest banks in the country, one of the smartest dudes in the country, who has a team of strategists behind them, probably locked themselves in a room 
to come up with what are they going to tell their clients over at Goldman Sachs. And they did concede that returns will likely be low from here, but the bull market should continue so long as economies grow. So they argued that the market is going to be fine. It's not time to sell everything. In fact, buying isn't bad, especially value stocks, they argue. We're going to continue to be boosted by the transition from quantitative easing to quantitative tightening. Because, of course, we all know inflation's out of control, so the Fed needs to pivot from fighting deflation to fighting inflation. So here you have Goldman Sachs. Do not sell. In fact, buy. Here are some segments that we recommend buying. But the bull market will continue. Some of the smartest people in the country said that. Great. I guess I'm going to have to stay in the market. No problem. Scott tells me to stay in the market anyway. Scott tells me to be optimistic about the market anyway. Except the article continues because arguing no was Barclays, one of the largest banks in the world. And their chief strategist, led by the team of strategists that all locked themselves in a room to say, what are we going to tell our clients today and moving forward this year? Everybody's nervous. Fed's about to speak. Interest rates going up. Conflict with Russia. Omicron still fighting this pandemic. So what does Barclays say? They say, do not buy the dip. They went on to say, granted, the start of a Fed hike cycle historically hasn't led to a major sell-off. But this time, valuations are already too high, and there is downside risk to earnings after the binge in consumption goods. So the team goes on to say that there could be another 8% downside to the S&P 500, or as much as 20%. And the list, the strategists go on to make recommendations of certain buys and sells that they have at their bank right now. But what are you supposed to do after you read this article? What am I supposed to do after I read this article? Some of the smartest people in the world say, we're fine. Some of the smartest people in the world say, we're not fine. But nobody in this article is saying, hey, listen, we are pretty smart people, but all we really have is the information that we have today. We don't have tomorrow's information. We don't have next week's information. We don't know how this game is going to play out because really the economy is a melting pot of thousands of things. And there's so many things that can affect the market. And furthermore, the market is forward thinking and there's a lot of emotions in the market. So we really don't have an idea. But if you're going to press me, We'll say the market is going to go down from here. Or if you're going to press me, we say the market's going to go up from here. Nobody's saying that because they need to be the smartest people in the world. But all of these predictions, either way up, way down, are all causing confusion, anxiety, stress, especially for folks who are getting ready to retire or just starting retirement. And for some of us, It's making us make this emotional decision. Like, I can't take it. The news is too bad. There's too many bad things going on right now. I need to get out. 
You know, I'm always reminded of one of the most egregious predictions that I've ever heard. And here's another really, really smart guy. Ken Fisher has been writing an article in Forbes for years and years, has a very, very successful registered investment advisory company, the same as Fortress Planning Group has set up the company that I founded in 2011. Ken's business has been around for much longer. Ken's business is way bigger than Scott's business. He's a very intelligent, smart guy. The big difference between Ken's company and Scott's company, because we're both fee only, we're both fiduciaries, but Ken believes in picking stocks. Ken believes in trying to time the market or time sectors or time countries. Scott does not believe in that. Scott wants us to set up a portfolio that's adjusted for the risk that we can handle or the risk that we need to take in order to have a very successful retirement, to give ourselves the best chance for success. That's the difference. Ken's life has been made on making predictions. Well, in 2003, Ken predicted the bubble in tech stocks, and he was right. He was right. Because you know how predictions go. If I make enough predictions, I'm going to be right too. And I'm not going to talk much about the predictions that weren't right, but I'm going to emphasize the ones that were right. So here was Ken Fisher in 2003, made the correct prediction. I'm sure that helped fuel millions and billions of dollars into his company because we should trust Ken Fisher. He's our guy. And again, nothing against Ken. I've never met him before. Super successful business. His IQ is probably much higher than mine. But at the start of 2008, Ken wrote his article in Forbes magazine. He made his predictions for the year 2008. He said it was going to be, and granted, remember, fourth quarter 2007 was not good. That was our beginning of the recession. We were coming off a really bad quarter. It wasn't a really bad year, but that fourth quarter was a really bad quarter. Ken said, don't worry, 2008 will still be a good year for stocks. He went on to say, particularly the bank stocks were going to do well. Well, you know, he turned out to be wrong. 2008, the S&P 500 ended up down 38% from January 1st to December 31st. Ken was wrong with his prediction. The sector prediction was bank stocks. Well, that was the worst sector in the United States and in the world in 2008 were bank stocks. Ken made a prediction about a sector. He was wrong. Finally, Ken gave a couple of what he thought was going to be the winner. In fact, the company that was going to do the very best in the S&P 500, which he said was going to be a good year for stocks anyway, but the very best stock, this is your buy in 2008. If you don't do anything else, buy this stock. And by the way, he didn't say this in the article, I correctly predicted the bubble, so you best listen to me. What happened? He predicted the insurance company, AIG, was the company that was going to do the best in 2008. If you remember correctly, the government needed to bail out AIG from bankruptcy, and that stock dropped over 90 percent in 2008. 
Do you think Fisher Investments are emphasizing this prediction that was wrong? I bet not. In fact, Ken had to be so unlucky to pick AIG. It happened to be the worst performer in the S&P 500, and he was asked to pick the best. I mean, that's just a result of bad luck. And I would argue that people that do really, really well and pick a stock that goes up a thousand percent may be the opposite of that bad luck. And they had a little bit of good luck. So we're still on Wednesday, the 26th of January, because then the Fed actually talked, Powell actually talked. And that stock market started out high on Wednesday. Every word that came out of the Fed's mouth, the stock market started dropping more and more. The Fed reiterated their intentions to further reduce bond purchases in February and ultimately seize completely in March. The Federal Open Market Committee also issued their clearest signal of a March rate increase, saying it will soon be appropriate to raise the target range for the federal funds rate. That means interest rates are going up. We knew that, and the stock market dropped. Powell told reporters that the economy is strong enough on its own and no longer needs intense monetary policy support. The final dagger may have been this quote, I think there's quite a bit of room to raise interest rates without threatening the labor market. Right at that point, all of the gains during the day were gone. And the Dow kept sinking another 350 points. Interest rates were spiking especially those with shorter maturities. But then the stock market stabilized. And I have said this a hundred times on this podcast. It stabilized most likely because now the stock market had some clarity on what the Fed was thinking, that the Federal Open Market Committee was determined to raise interest rates and maybe several times during this year. Was that good news, particularly to companies that have been living off this free money for a long time? No, but at least there was clarity because the market doesn't like when it doesn't know what's going on. Once it knows, it can kind of settle down into whatever is going to be next. If I could teach you anything today, It's be very, very weary of anybody making a prediction, especially a prediction that is being made with high confidence. Because here's the thing about the stock market. You have information. I have information. Everyone has the same information to make a decision of whether a particular stock is going to go up or going to go down or whether a football game is going to be won or lost this weekend. Think about it. If you bet on a football game, someone else is betting the other way. If you want to buy a particular stock in the stock market, Monday morning when the stock market opens at, let's just say, $20, there has to be somebody on the other side of the table willing to sell it. So you think buying that stock is a great buy, that it's gonna go up from the $20. There's someone else on the other side of the table that says, I need to sell right now. 
So when you make that buy for 20 and are super happy, someone else on the other side is happy too because they were able to unload the stock. Do not listen to predictions. What you should do is have a plan. Have a plan that's going to get you through the tough times, the good times, and all the time through retirement and concentrate on the things you can concentrate on, like taxes and risk and where the premiums in the long run happen in the stock market. Work on those things. Work on optimizing your social security, optimizing your health care in retirement. Every one of those things are going to save you thousands and thousands of dollars. But if you're going to sit around and make predictions about the stock market or listen to other people, you will end up being disappointed and could disrupt your retirement for good. That's all I have. Have a great, great, great week. And we'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye, everybody. The Best in Wealth Podcast is hosted by Scott Wellens. Scott Wellens is the principal at Fortress Planning Group. Fortress Planning Group is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities Act of Wisconsin in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Fortress Planning Group does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Best in Wealth Podcast. The information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute financial, tax, investment, or legal advice.